Would you just stand for me for one more minute? I just want to sort of just soak in the atmosphere for another minute, if that's okay. I think I say this every week, but we are so blessed, aren't we? We are just so radically blessed. And um, I just felt it'd be good just to enter in for another minute or two, just to um, see what he wants to do. Is that all right? Yeah. Lord, we just thank you that you love us and that you've sent Holy Spirit to be with us and to demonstrate the kingdom of God here today. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. And we ask even today, Lord, that you'd take us to a deeper level with you. Take us into a deeper relationship with you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we ask that even this region, you you would move by your spirit across this region, across this city today, Lord Jesus, in a fresh, new way. We hunger for you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come upon this land, come upon this city with a mighty move. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would use us, speak to us, refresh us, fill us again, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, just tap into that well. Just tap into that well this morning. You might just want to let the water flow, let worship flow, let praise begin to flow. Just let it bubble up. He's worthy of our praise this morning. He is so worthy of our praise, our adoration, our worship, our hearts. So we give that to you this morning, Jesus. We give you our offering of worship. We give you a fresh offering of praise. We give you a fresh offering of our lives. We give you a fresh offering of everything we are. And we ask that you would take hold of us. A fresh baptism. A fresh baptism of your love. A fresh baptism of fire. A fresh baptism of your spirit this morning, Lord. Come upon us, your people, Lord Jesus. We enter in, Lord Jesus. Mm. 
Yeah, keep lifting up praise. Keep lifting up your hearts. You're so worthy, Lord. You're so worthy, Lord. Worthy, Lord, of all our praise. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. Jesus, we give you praise this morning, Lord. She under it. She under it. Somebody Worthy, 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 Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. You're so worthy, Jesus. You're so holy, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, this morning we fix our eyes on you. We fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, for there is no other. There is no other than you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We ask, Lord, even this morning that you would meet with us in a special way. That as we grab hold of you, you'd grab hold of us. Lord, that you would release, release more of your heart. Release more of your heart over us this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, you can grab a seat. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's interesting when 
whoever's leading, let's worship go on like that. And I know um, it's it's easy for for us to think, oh, what what are we waiting for? What are we doing? But you know, it's such a special time of just seeing what the Lord might want to say and what He might want to actually embrace us and speak to us directly, not through a man, not through something else, but just an intimate time of worship with Him. Some of us may not get a lot of time during the week to do that, but times like this is when we get to meet Him face to face, so to speak, and spend time with Him. And um, so it's always an important time. You guys can take a seat. You're awesome, amazing. Give them a round of applause. Aren't they incredible? I want to um, uh, actually. There's a couple of things. Maybe I'll just um, say. Last, obviously, last week I was at Bayside down at Victor, and that was a great morning. Great bunch of people. And um, if you're ever on holidays, it's a good church to go and visit. And um, yeah, just a really, really good time with them. And um, uh, and at the end, God really moved in some people's lives in special ways. And so it's it's good to see that God moves no matter where we are. You know, it's not limited to here or just a few select places, but um, God loves his people. I think that's the thing that I, I keep getting reminded of. He loves his people and he loves to pour out. He loves to encourage and to refresh. Um, also, um, this week we had a, um, a great night on Wednesday night. I know there was the extravaganza here, which was um, an amazing night as well. Rather warm, I hear. Um, but um, uh, that was the school school extravaganza. But also down at Aldinga campus, we had our um, anointing of the land prayer meeting for the church plant for next year. And so thank you for those of you who came out. We had a great group, 30 or 40 people came out in the heat, 38 degrees or whatever. But um, what an amazing time it was just to go and, and, and plant ourselves on the land. And um, although it's part of our community anyway, it was just a great night. And I think there was definitely just an increase of faith and a releasing of vision and of purpose in what we're doing and why we're doing it. And so um, it's really exciting what God's um, uh, building, I think. And just to say that over the coming weeks and, and month or so, I'll share a little bit about Odinga, what that's going to look like. And, and, um, and I suppose one of the key things for us is it for not just for it to become a second service of harvest or, or just a transference of people to Odinga region or anything like that. Our heart is to expand the kingdom of God in that desperately needy area. And so that's, that's our heart. We want to see people get saved. We want to see people come back to the Lord. We want to see families healed and united and refreshed and touched by the power of God. And so that's our, that's our purpose in planting the church down there. It's not just so we can have a second campus. Um, you know, it's, it's got God's hand on it for his kingdom work. And so um, if any of you are feeling... Um, that there's something in Aldinga for you and you, you feel a bit of an excitement about that. The thing I would ask pastorally as, as we're overseeing this thing is that um, we don't just want to transfer people from here to there. That's not, that's not the point of having a church plant. But there may be some of you who feel it burdened on your heart to serve 
as an outlet down at Aldinga. And it might be on the door, it might be with kids' ministry, it might be set up, pack up, all these fundamental things that have to take place to run a church and in other ways as well. Um, then they're the things I'd ask you come and meet with me and we sit and talk and we see what God's on because we don't just want a scattering. We want to do this with God's heart, with good alignment and with clarity and with strength and purpose. And so does that sound okay? And um, I've learned a few things over the years, and Karen and I, have, we've made plenty of mistakes, but one of the things that we're learning is that clarity is a really good thing. And so we're going to be really clear on the purpose and the heart of Aldinga Campus, and, um, and so we just want you to share that, any, any feelings or thoughts you might have. And, and the one quest, the thing I would ask is that you give us the, the respect and honour to be able to just settle things in place for the first year or so the way we see them needing to be settled. If we have all sorts of ideas and, and we love enthusiasm and passion and bring that on, um, but we need to just rest into God's heart. What, what do you want? What do you, how do you want to establish this thing? And so plenty of times we'll say no. All right. If you have amazing suggestions, we'll take them on. But please be okay if we say, mm, we just don't feel an unction on that right now. And, and give us the grace to operate in that. So do you hear my pastor's heart on that? Um, because I think it's important that we go with real unity and clarity and purpose. And then we're going to see God's best for that whole region. And um, so it, it really is exciting what God's brewing. And I think 2016 is going to be a great year. Um, the other thing is, as Ryan gave the Working Bee a real plug, come along to the Working Bee. It's only four hours or so. It's going to be a great morning. Um, like Ryan said, it might be that you're not sure how to connect in or who to say hello to. No better way than a Working Bee. Because I'm sure Eric Gent will happily grab you and give you a shovel and say, come on, let's get to know one another. Or, or it, it's just a good morning for doing that kind of thing and looking after this amazing house that God's given us. And so come along. It's, it's going to be a great morning. Um, yeah, I think that's all the advertisements um, that I have. Only that I have had a lot of people, I, I, I recognize when I mention, when I throw a something out there one week I've sort of got to follow it up so that people know uh, but I, I mentioned I think a few weeks ago that I was going over to Melbourne to a underground investment seminar and that's exactly sort of what it was it was all very secretive in a way but um, I also caught up with a couple other pastors there and it was just really God's timing for that and again God just linking us in with other people and um, and it's it's really good but um, I think I'll do an investment thing next year um, of all the stuff I'm learning and seeing. But, um, you know, I think the thing that's interesting is that it doesn't matter what realm you look at right now, everything is being shaken, isn't it? And, um, and so even in the finance and economics, you know, countries are being shaken in this area and it's, it's not just something you can um, rely on necessarily anymore. Um, you know, because things can, things can happen anyway. I'll get off onto a whole extra tangent if I go too much down that track. But um, the good thing that I think the more I'm seeing, and obviously with the world uh, political situation, um, what we're seeing is that God cannot withhold much longer. Joel 2 and Acts 2 promise a harvest. It promises a harvest like no other. We haven't necessarily seen it yet, have we? And so therefore, it doesn't matter in the shaking and, and even in the smoke and all sorts of things that maybe you can draw prophetic analogies with, the Lord is on the move. And he's doing a lot of things, a lot of things. 
And um, I was reading actually in, uh, I can't remember what psalm it was. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was in Genesis chapter 6 actually. Wow, they liked it. Um, it was um, that the Lord will not contend with mankind forever. He will not contend with mankind forever, meaning he will not be able to withhold his face and his plans and his harvest and his outpouring forever. And so we as believers, and this is nothing of what I want to share today, but I think it's good just to get a a snippet of the global situation is to realize that it's very exciting. It's sure it's a boiling pot, but he cannot withhold his hand forever of the harvest, of the outpouring, of the global transformation that he wants to bring about. And so we are the ones with the hope, right? And um, we've got to keep hold of that hope. Um, anyway, that's for another day. I want to talk today briefly on what I've called keeping straight paths and go to Proverbs chapter 9. Um, actually, you know, it's not Proverbs chapter 9. I've, I've deleted the chapter in my rush. Um, so it's in Proverbs and it's verse 9. You'll have to find the chapter. <laughs> I, can, I can almost remember, but I, uh, anyway, you'll search it and find it. Anyway, this is in Proverbs. Uh, it says, The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. Stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. He who hates correction will die. Death and destruction lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts of men. A mocker resents correction. He will not consult the wise. And, and in thinking in this day and age, we need to be so wise. We need to know who we have relationships and who we do not have relationships with. We need to know who we listen to and who we don't listen to. We need to know what do we sow into and what we don't sow into. What do we read and what we don't read. I mean, there's so much conflicting information in this day and age. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you look at some believers and you think, well, well, hang on, they do that. They get away with that and they're still Christian. And so it might be okay for me, but we need to know in our spirits what is right for us, not what's right for someone else. And um, that's why this particular verse in, in verse 9 uh, says, The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. What is our job to do on the earth? Pursue righteousness. And so one of the things when we're, when we're looking at our lives and the decisions and the relationships and the investments and the whatever facets of life that we have, and I think one, still one of the keys to this day is relationships that we hold. The relationships that we hold will strongly determine the path that we take. It might be in business, it might be in a career, it might be in social gatherings. Those people we relate with closely and maybe we share a little bit of our heart with, maybe we share a lot of our heart with, they they will help determine the path we travel. And many get set off course by holding wrong relationships, by opening their heart to people who aren't honorable, aren't respectful, aren't loving, aren't uplifting, aren't positive, who don't pursue righteousness as their number one thing. And therefore, we open the door to things that take us off the path. They take us into doubt and fear and negativity and criticism, and which is toxic for our bodies and our spirits and everything. And so I, I feel strongly about this because... The more I think about this, the kingdom of God flows through us. It flows through the relationships that we hold. When Jesus was on earth, he deposited the kingdom in 12. 
He deposited the kingdom in them. He taught them on the kingdom. He told them what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it is to act in the kingdom. They didn't always get it right, just like we don't always get it right. But he released to them the picture of what does the kingdom of God really look like when it's displayed through us. Now, often when it's displayed through us, it's... it comes out really messy and maybe contorted and we're just not quite sure what to do with it. But the more we pursue righteousness in our relationships with one another and with the Lord, the more we're going to actually release the pure kingdom of God. And there's three Ds. I wanted to make this really simple. There's three Ds that I see are actually trip-up points in the area of keeping straight paths. And the first one is doctrine. And, um, you know, this, this, you could go all day on this and I could give my own versions of all sorts of things. Um, but Psalm 119, 105, everyone would have known this or known the song. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and to my path. And then it goes on. In fact, that whole passage is really worth reading if you want to know how to pursue righteousness, because the word of God is the pivotal point that we can always come back to. It may be that we've heard a strange doctrine. It may be that someone's coming with an emphasis that we're just not comfortable with or we don't understand. Then we go back to the word of God. It will light up our path and we can keep our path straight and we can know, okay, your word backs this up, Jesus. I can stand on it. See, often we'll get a sense from the Lord, but if we just leave it at a sense from the Lord, if it's not carrying the weightiness and the support of the Word of God, backing it up, sometimes it might be pizza that we had last night. Or it might be gas. Or it might be something else going on. You know what I mean? Sometimes we are so quick to give a word or give a sense or what we're feeling or what we're operating in the spirit realm and we can see this and understand this and none of that's wrong. But if the word of God doesn't reinforce it and back it up, then we're, we're, we're maybe just swaying away from the path a little bit. Is that okay? Yeah. I just need to make sure you're with me, you know. Um, here's a rule. When a pastor cracks a pathetic joke, still laugh anyway. It just makes them feel better, all right? Just um, tap the person next to you and just tell them you love them. Isn't that nice? I need to get some of Brian's jokes, I think. Um, I heard him calling out, right? So, <laughs> No. Oh, okay, okay. No. Please no. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll leave that there. Okay, I want to read you um, a quote from, actually it's a book called The Cruelty of Heresy um, by C. Fitzsimmons uh, Allison, his name is, who is an Episcopalian. And uh, he says that we are susceptible to heretical teachings because in one form or another, they nurture and reflect the way we would have it be rather than the way God has provided it, which is infinitely better for us. And they lead us into the blind alleys of self-indulgence and escape from life. Heresies pander to the most unworthy tendencies of the human heart. 
It is astonishing how little attention has been given to these two aspects of heresy. It's cruelty and it's pandering to sin. What he's saying there is oftentimes when maybe a, a group of people, and it might be, a, you know, the worst form is when Christians then turn into perhaps a cult, or, or maybe we just get off track. What he's saying is often that, that tendency to get off track or get into false doctrine or whatever actually is a pandering to our own desires. It's feeding something in us, maybe a sin nature to want to be something that we're not. Maybe we want a platform and we haven't had it, so we're pursued down a certain track. And, and that's why I think it's really, really good that the prophetic stands strongly with the apostolic and the pastoral and the evangelist, and, and they all work together. Otherwise, if the prophetic movement just sticks with the prophetic people, it can start to pander to one's own gifting and desires to want to hear our own prophetic utterances, so to speak, but we need the apostolic and the fathering to bring in that balance and say, hang on, you know, maybe that one was for you, not for everyone else. You know, and to bring, bring in this sound strength. But we still need that sharp prophetic to come through. But to keep a safe path and keep a straight path in that, we need the whole body working together strongly and unified and powerfully. And when we empower one another in our gifts, we operate powerfully. And if you can imagine this morning that we're all standing and, and uh, grabbing each other's elbows, sort of the, you know, a real strong monkey grip or whatever it's called, you can imagine the strength that would be in that. If you tried to push the whole group, it would be very difficult to push the whole group over, wouldn't it? Because you know, when a few hundred people bind like that, it's very difficult. And this is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ here right now. And we're knit together by his blood, which no one can break. Because it's his covenant with his people. No one can break that covenant. There's not a demon in hell, no matter how big, or Satan himself cannot break the blood covenant of Jesus with us. And when we recognize that, we can see the authority that he's given us to walk in. There's so much authority. But when we do it together in a unified flow, it's all the more powerful. And he can't just pick us off. And even maybe we do get a strange ideology from time to time that does pander to our sin. And, you know, this could even just be something as simple as pride entering the pulpit where all of a sudden we start operating and doing everything just because we want to be bigger than everyone else. Well, that's a, that's a false doctrine. We don't sometimes think of that as a false doctrine, but it's heresy. It's pride at its worst. And so when we're operating like that, we're operating in false doctrine. So we need to keep a straight path in the Word of God and knowing that we don't pander to our nature. We don't pander to the things that we just want. And this is a little bit of a, a conundrum, if I can say that, in the Western Christian church right now, I think. We're, we're right at this point where we have an ideology that perhaps wants to um, really um, speak out the blessings of God and what we have available to us in Christ and those things only. And don't say anything controversial. Don't say anything that's going to uh, offend anyone. And what's wrong with that? Well, nothing. And then we have sort of another side that really is keen to make every issue known to the mountaintops and, and really push and push and push and, and, and pull down the enemy's strongholds and, and make that known. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But when we as a body get balanced and strength in one another and flow in our giftings, we can each operate in the realm that he's called us to be. And so then we're not going to be pushing a bandwagon that's not ours. 
And it's very, very easy, I've learnt, to get slightly off track. It's very, very easy. In fact, I probably would find myself, if I didn't sort of read Scripture, I'd probably find myself each week the sin nature wanting to stray just by a point one of a percent. Maybe into my ideology, maybe into my desires, maybe into what I really want things to look like. And then all of a sudden I begin to operate in a man's spirit, not in the Holy Spirit. You see how easy it is? It's really, really easy. And that's why Paul urges us to stay in the Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. And so doctrine is a big one. The second one I've got is doubt. Now, obviously, the ultimate example of doubt I could give is, is Thomas. Um, but, you know, Peter doubted as well. And, um, and, you know, Peter's such a good example for all of us because he shows us the grace of God. He denied Jesus Christ three times, got really angry, chopped off a bloke's ear. I mean, this guy, was, he was ruthless. You can imagine him. He's a firebrand. But he should be a really, really good mentor to all of you firebrands who just do things passionately. See what Jesus does. He takes him, and who does he use to preach the gospel first and foremost after Pentecost? He uses Peter. The move of God, and then Peter gets up with full of boldness, and he preaches the gospel. So there's nothing wrong with that. But we can see the doubt that he had even in his own Savior and in what he knew to be true, and he feared people around him. Doubt and fear often go hand in hand, don't they? They're just like best mates. And so if you're doubting, if you're doubting things, if you're doubting God's ability to save us here on earth and be, and be the overcomer and take over and save the lost and heal the sick and raise the dead, then that goes very closely with fear. Fear loves to creep in when we begin to doubt. And so doubt is one of those things we've got to always keep watch out. Shine the word of God into the areas of doubt. It may be declarations you need to put up around the place. Karen put declarations that we've still got. It must be 10 years ago you put them up around the place. And they are great declarations. And they're, they're things to cancel out fears and doubts because they're the word of God. And nothing, it doesn't matter how bad you feel on any particular day, you can be in the worst state of your life. The word of God doesn't change. It never changes. And it declares over us things that our bodies and our minds just can't comprehend. But we need them sometimes, don't we? It's like, I need to eat that word of God. Get it in me because I'm beginning to doubt. I'm beginning to fear. Let's get the word of God in and it will cancel out that doubt. The last one is disappointment. And I want you just to think about that word for a minute because it's actually a makeup of obviously two words. Disappointment. Often our disappointment comes because the appointment that we thought we had gets disabled. It gets taken out. It gets sidetracked somehow. It gets reduced. We thought we had an appointment with destiny in that career. We thought we had an appointment with, with God in this particular area or realm of influence or gifting or whatever it might be. And so then when that appointment doesn't come on our time schedule, it turns to disappointment. And then the enemy couples that with doubt and fear and maybe even questioning doctrine and then ultimately questioning your faith. And you may even know people yourself that go through such a period of disappointment with God, with people, maybe with church, maybe with leaders, maybe with friends and family, that the disappointment then turns to full delusionment 
you know, a, a disappointment and a delusion where, where all of a sudden the things, the Word of God isn't the Word of God anymore. That pillar is not in their life. And so we need to watch out for things like disappointment because it is not in the kingdom of God. It doesn't exist. It may be wrong appointment. It may be that we were appointed in the wrong realm. Maybe we're in the wrong skill set. Maybe we're in the wrong lane. You know, we're just swimming in a completely wrong lane. So we're disappointed. Why? Because the current's against us in that lane. If we just jump in the lane that we're gifted and called and talented in, then everything becomes clearer and easier. Why? Because there's the anointing of God on it. And where the anointing is, things become a little easier. Doesn't mean we won't battle against things, but our, our nature becomes easier in the anointing. And so disappointment is, is really a, a, a strong one. And I think that maybe, I, I guarantee there'd at least be a few of us here this morning who are carrying disappointment because of the wrong appointment. And maybe not the wrong appointment, but the timing hasn't been right. And I've said it before, but one of the greatest um, periods of frustration, I think, in any of our lives can be the stretching time between now and the appointment. Does anyone agree with me? It's a frustrating period, isn't it? Because it's like, what on earth is God doing? Is there an appointment? And you begin to doubt there is even an appointment. I want to say to you this morning, there is an appointment. There is an appointment and an appointing and an anointing for every single believer. Not one of us is just put here just to fill up space. Every one of us has a voice to release Jesus and the kingdom of God to others around us, to intercede, to do whatever he's called us here to do. And, and don't despise the little things. Um, it's been interesting for for us in our journey, just to see that uh, even with um, Karen getting back to strength in the last year or so, um, it's been interesting for us to go back to basics in a lot of areas of our lives and cut off a whole lot of things that maybe we did just because we thought we had to, um, maybe we did just to keep ourselves busy or whatever it might be, the demands of life. But when we cut life back to the very bare basics, it then crystallizes some things in our life. Now, sometimes it's, it's easier to um, allow... I know for us, Wayne and Irene have been um, really good at giving crystallization to who we are. And, and when they've brought out that crystallization, it's really helped us in identity. And so I think that often disappointment and identity go together because it may be that we're disappointed with things that aren't in our box. It may be that we're disappointed, and, and this is where a word that keeps coming back to me, and it's not really prophetic, it's just in conversation, it's just sort of talking to people, but this word, it, I pray this word bugs you for the next month or so like it has me. It's actually two words, self-awareness. It seems like everywhere I go, I'm either reading it or someone's mentioning it and I'm, or I'm talking on it, I'm even praying about it for myself, self-awareness. When we have a self-awareness, awareness of our gifting, awareness of our relationship with Jesus, then we're not so worried about what other people's are. We're not so worried about what it looks like for other people. Why? Because we have a self-awareness. First and foremost, we're aware of ourselves and our own hearts and our own gifting. And then we don't inflate things for other people because we have an awareness of self. 
And then we can get past the disappointment and we can say in our intimate place with the Lord, what is it you have for me? What is it that you have for me? Why have these disappointments continually come? And he will bring the answers. It may be that you seek out someone who you know is trustworthy and honorable and will speak life over you. And you ask them that question. It's, it's a blessed thing when the body can function like that. And so I see this disappointment thing as something that this morning, for some of us, we're just going to let go and get, get past. And so I want us to stand this morning. The Lord loves those who pursue righteousness. Stern discipline awaits him who leaves the path. He who hates correction will die. Now, maybe that's just die in the spirit. Maybe that's just die in desires and gifts and opportunities. I've seen many people die in their potential because they strayed from the path the Lord had for them. And they just didn't want to listen to any wise counsel. And they just stray, maybe for years, maybe for decades, maybe for their whole life. And I'm sure you have too. It's, but it's a horrible thing. But the Lord loves those who pursue righteousness. So, Lord, this morning we pursue your righteousness. Even over our lives this morning, we ask that you would make us so aware of self that really we won't even worry about what other people are doing or saying. There'll be a self-awareness that will come and rise up in us to want to pursue righteousness on the inside. Righteousness on what's What's going on with us? And Lord, I pray that any disappointment today, any disappointments, any disappointments, missed appointments, Lord, that you would today, you would today remove them and replace it with your fresh, fresh vision. Fresh vision to see beyond the disappointment. You'd take the DIS out of that word and you'd give a fresh appointment. A fresh appointment. A fresh appointment. A fresh appointment with Jesus. A fresh appointment with ourselves. We won't kid ourselves any longer. We will we will rise up in truth and honesty and Holy Spirit, you'll shine your light into what we're doing and who we are. And Lord, I pray that there'd be such a fresh awakening that our paths will grow strong and rigid and be so straight that it doesn't matter what the enemy throws at us, that we will be able to stand and stand strong. And Lord, we pray this morning that we give you our disappointments this morning. We just hand them over to you. Those things that have never happened and those things that only half happened. And we pray that you would remove that feeling of disappointment. You'd come and bring healing and you'd wash us and cleanse us and you'd bring a re-envisioning, a re-envisioning. Even for 2016, there'd be a fresh envisioning for 2016. A fresh envisioning for 2016. The disappointments will be gone and fresh hope for 2016. That's definitely for for a lot of us here this morning. And so, Lord, I pray you would plant that so strong in us that we would begin to become so self-aware that we would even journal about where we're at. Where's our heart at? Where are we at? What are we listening to? What are we doing? Because this self-awareness is critical. It's critical in becoming honest and pursuing righteousness.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just take a minute now just to dwell on that. You might want to think about some of those things and become really, really, really self-aware. Now, this doesn't mean you have to be inhibited and shy. and It's got nothing to do with that. All it is is honesty face-to-face with Jesus this morning. Honesty face-to-face with him through the doubts, through the disappointments. And Lord, I pray that you would release even a fresh, fresh anointing for vision this morning. A fresh anointing for vision. Vision of what you have for us. Walking in the kingdom. Releasing the kingdom of God. Honoring you. Pursuing righteousness. Thank you, Lord. I just want to ask the worship team to come up. I want us to finish just in worship. If you want to come down the front and worship, you're quite welcome to do that. And um, I want to encourage you, even in the next month or so, um, just what I feel to encourage us with in staying out of doubt and fear is to really apply yourself to some key scriptures that are victory for you. And you might want to write them down. You might want to have them in your journal or put them somewhere around your house because um, these are pillars for us to hang on when doubt and fear try and get at us. And, you know, with things we see on the media, it may shake us or whatever else, but we can't let those things shake us. We stand on the Word of God. We stand on His victory. We stand on what He has spoken over us. And there is a great harvest coming. Some would say it's already begun. And so we are part of that. Our name is part of that. We are a harvest people. And um, yeah. Um, Yeah, let's just worship together and then we'll close. Um, If you want to come down the front and just worship, you can do that.